Welcome to the Dr. Dion Show, where real conversations about diversity matter. I'm an educator and consultant specializing in diversity and inclusion. In this show, I interview top experts and people like you and me, highlighting issues like race, gender, and disability. I'm here to create change, expand your understanding of what diversity means, and to continue the mission toward equality so that everyone has a fair shake. This show is not for the faint of heart, so put on your big girl and big boy pants and ride along. Hello and welcome to the Dr. Dion Show. I am happy I am joined by a woman whom we will call Jess today. Uh, She will be sharing her story about uh, an incident that she encountered about almost a year ago now, where she almost lost her life. This show is actually titled Life and Work After a Brush with Death. What do you do when the unexpected happens? How do you handle the loss of your mobility and life as you know it? And how do you return to work to the same job when you're a completely different person as a result of something that happened that almost took your life? And in addition to that, we're also going to talk about um, how do you address biases as they arise when you share your story of of, of almost near death. Um, It's interesting, um, our guest will talk about um, what she encountered, the questions that were asked that were really eye-opening, that uh, really, really alerted her to the issue of bias. So welcome, Jess. How are you? I'm wonderful, Dion. How are you? I am wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on today and your bravery for sharing your story. Thank you for having me. So can you take us back to July of last year when uh, the incident happened? Can you share what happened? Sure. And I'll give you the very brief scenario. Um, My husband and I, on the evening of July 1st, we went out to dinner with another couple and we were rear passengers in in an SUV that was being driven by the wife of the, uh, of our, our friends. And uh, we we're five minutes from home when we were hit head on by someone who had another passenger in his vehicle, which was stolen. And we um, were hit at a very high rate of speed and um, we were almost died. I was taken to the local emergency room and uh, immediately diagnosed with a fractured vertebrae, and then later had to undergo some emergency surgery for numerous tears in my intestine. And so that was actually a police chase, correct? The the, the car that hit you? Yes. The car was stolen, and the police had come upon the stolen vehicle, as it was called in, and... So yes, the perpetrator was traveling at a high rate of speed to elude police. And so again, I say we were, we were very close to home and, and thank goodness for, the, for all of us in our car, one of the lessons, one of the major life lessons, and I tell this to everyone, is to wear your seatbelt, even if you're the passenger in the backseat of a vehicle. That is one of the main factors that saved my husband and I, all four of us in the car were wearing seatbelts. And so our, our lives were spared. And uh, some people are not so lucky. 
because if you look at the pictures of the car accident, it's, it's actually a miracle that, that you made it through. Um, yes. The one- outside of the car was basically destroyed. Yes. So the interior of the vehicle, again, we were in an SUV, so that also helped. But um, the person that hit us, unfortunately, his passenger who was ejected, there was a fatality at the scene. So just to put it in perspective, as far as the high rate of speed and the, the force of the collision did cause uh, someone's death. No one in our car, but still a very sad incident, nonetheless, for, for that person. Well, it's, it's always unfortunate when somebody loses their life, uh, regardless yeah. of if they've, you know, they've done something, but, uh, you know, yes. so, so, so you, you, your July 1st, July 4th weekend, mm-hmm. you dinner with your, with, with your husband, another couple, yeah. you get yeah. back, back seat of the car, you start driving, you're probably laughing, talking, and all of a sudden oh your life God. has changed in an instant. We were, we had the greatest evening. We were with our friends. We were all very responsible. Our driver was a designated driver, so there was no risk of, of our driver being impaired. Um, we were joking and laughing and literally in, in a matter of seconds, uh, when the dust settled from the accident, I had the most excruciating pain in my lower back. So I immediately knew that there was something wrong and I didn't know exactly what my fear was. Obviously, you know, my back was broken and I tried to wiggle my toes, but um, I feel like I was in such a state of shock that, um, and when you're in a high speed collision, you also have the force of the seatbelts causes you to not be able to breathe normally. And there's a lot of, um, smoke and a very weird smell from the airbags. Mm-hmm. So the whole thing was like, was I felt like I was in another person's body. And this was a very, this, this was not unlike anything I had ever seen on television. And yes, I saw the deceased person who I didn't know was deceased at the time, but I did see the body on the ground of the person who who died that was one of the first images that that came, that my eyes saw and my husband bleeding from the head was the second vision that I saw when I wow. turned to the left so so immediately i thought something was very wrong with my husband somebody eventually i found out was was killed but i i didn't none of us knew the the circumstances surrounding why this happened. So, uh, but they, the first responders took a lot, took great care with me and did get me to the hospital in such a manner where, um, thank goodness I, I did not uh, suffer paralysis, mm-hmm. uh, but did have to undergo two major surgeries. And let's talk about that. Okay. So you, so you, you're brought in, uh, mm-hmm. you, you, you already knew you had a back injury and, and so thank right. you again that they, that the first responders were, 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 they did a good job getting you out of that mangled mess. They uh, otherwise did. they could have hurt you. So, so you, you had a initial back in, not initial, but you had a back injury. And then mm-hmm. you said subsequent to that, you had, you recognized you had uh, intestinal damage. Yes. Well? So the, so that was Saturday night. And then the, the next um, morning they, they, 
initially thought they didn't they didn't want to they didn't need to operate on my uh, vertebrae. They did they didn't initially think that they needed to surgically fix it. I was laid completely flat and given a lot of pain medication. The next morning on a Sunday, I had a lot of discomfort in my abdomen and couldn't eat. The pain progressively got worse, and so they had called in a trauma surgeon who immediately sent me for a, a full body scan again and noticed an intestinal tear, and they immediately rushed me into a uh, trauma surgery that I think took, obviously I was under, but I, I think it took somewhere around three and a half to four hours because they found not just one, but n multiple intestinal injuries that had to be fixed because mm -hmm. leave you can't leave those sort of injuries uh your body becomes septic because that's oh yeah not good liquid to be leaking out so they yeah. they took me into surgery right away and and i i was immediately when i woke up from the surgery i had been in so much abdominal pain before that even though i had just had a major surgery I felt such relief. Mm -hmm. I, I knew that that doctor had saved my life. I, I, there was no question in my mind that um, that, that doctor had the, uh, the wherewithal and the skills to fix me the way it needed to be done. Which is uh, such a blessing. So let's, let's talk about that doctor and, and what mm -hmm. happened um, when you went to, after you made it out of the hospital and you went to go and yeah. purchase um, a gift for that doctor. How about you share yeah. that experience of bias that you that you encountered? So it's just it's I had many um, interesting experiences throughout recovery. You know, spent two and a half weeks in the hospital, had numerous visits, obviously from the trauma surgeon who took very special care of me. Um, I did end up having to have surgery on my vertebrae to to fix. To, to stabilize the vertebrae that eventually were displacing. So I do have uh, some metal in my back now. So I, I, the neurosurgeon also did a, a tremendous job in, in getting me to um, getting me fixed in that regard. And, sorry. And, it, and is that, is that permanent the metal in your back now? So the metal, yeah. So the metal will stay in and, um, and so uh, which is fine. One of my concerns was traveling in the airport, and he said nobody, nobody. Um, <laughs> yes. They've 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 come very far with the titanium they install now, so okay. it doesn't set off metal detectors. <laughs> but um, but uh, you know, my I will say for me, I was a very active person prior to the accident. So um, when you take someone who my husband and I were both active runners and we were looking forward to participating in the Peachtree Road Race that, that last year, which was mm -hmm. is on July 4th every year. And obviously that didn't happen. So we, um, it was for me, one of the difficulties was I was so immobile because I had been in so much pain. I was so, I was, used to being up and active and independent. And when you take that away from someone, and when I say independent, I mean, I couldn't um, dress myself. I could not clean myself. I couldn't go to the bathroom by myself. 
Um, I had tubes coming all out of, you know, different places. And this is all, you know, in the hospital. So I relied on my husband, even though he was in pain from the accident, for a lot of care. So it, uh, it was eye-opening to see when, when you see people that are in wheelchairs that are going through physical therapy, it doesn't dawn on you how difficult it is to just get around in everyday life until you are put in that position. So one of the, one of the um, biases, I, I guess you may want to call it a bias, uh, that I had experienced was uh, for the first little bit that I was home, I couldn't stand up for very long. So periodically, if my husband would try to get me out of the house, I had a friend that loaned me a wheelchair. So hmm. going eventually to just to try to get out of the house and get some air and, and be am among, I had not seen sunshine for two and a half weeks, being in a wheelchair, going through a restaurant or then, and then eventually using a walker, I had a back brace you know, people would stare at you. Um, there, I get, I got this feeling like, gosh, you know, she's, she's so young. Why is she using a walker? And that's mm -hmm. a lot of it is probably my own mental issue with having been so uh, independent and active before. It was really um, tough. It was very tough to, to rely on other people to do just basic things for me. Yes. And I, and I will say that um, I actually ruptured my Achilles tendon some years ago, probably like maybe 12 years ago now, and was in a boot. And at one point when I went to the grocery store, I couldn't reach up and it just, I was in a, I used one of those little mobile um, carts scooter. as well. And it's mm -hmm. a yes, scooter, thank you. And that was, a, that was, that was temporary. I knew it was, I knew I was going to get beyond that, but I'll tell right. you to your point, it was, and it's not, by no means is it the same as what you went through or, or anybody who's in a wheelchair permanently. I'm very, very um, um, cognizant of, of, of what people go through, which is why I'm saying this because when mm -hmm. I go to the grocery store or anywhere, I mm -hmm. make sure that I get eye contact with people who are in wheelchairs. Mm -hmm. I really do. So for, I'll tell you, even like a few weeks ago, I was, I was at the grocery store and this one was, was in the aisle in a, in a wheelchair. And we, we, our eyes made four and I said, hello. And her eyes kind of lit up and then, then, and then I went to the next aisle. She followed me into the next aisle and then said, would you mind grabbing this for me up top there, up, up on, on, a, on a higher shelf? And I'm sharing that because it, it's important to let people feel like they're, 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 that they are human, that they're normal and you know, right. they're not being prejudged. And, and had I not done that, I know she wouldn't have asked me to assist her, but I, but I think I opened the door to allow her to, to actually, um, to feel comfortable asking, asking people, ask, ask help. To help her. And I, and I, and I'm sharing that not to make myself be this, you know, wonderful person. I just think it's important that we need to recognize other people's conditions. And at any moment, our, 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 our lives can change. And, oh, so, and, we, and we can't take it for granted. And we need to be very, very sympathetic to other people's conditions. And, and, that's, and, and that's why I shared that story because, um, mm -hmm. you know, in, in the blink of an eye, look how fast your life changed. Absolutely. Uh, 100%. Uh, my, my eyes were, were open to um, just, a, just a little taste of what it might be like to not be able to move your uh, limbs appropriately. Uh, I mean, I had to, my husband had, had 
to purchase numerous things just so I could, when he had to go to work, put socks on. They have different, they have different um, devices that help put your socks on, a sock assist, they call it. They have, oh, um, I had oh. to get one of those grabbing tools so I could grab something if it was out of reach because literally to move one inch was tremendously painful. Having wow. a major surgery in, on, in your abdomen and then having a major back surgery, I was cut from top to bottom in the front of my body and the back. And so having the two together just made it that much more painful. And, um, that and must really, have been really, really, because just because because literally yeah. everything you do requires your back and your and your abdomen. Exactly, I, I didn't even realize how much the core muscles mm -hmm. really, how much you use them on a day to day basis for everything, uh, until I tried to make an an attempt to even wash my hair, which was almost impossible until like the third or fourth week. Wow. So, um, so eye opening, um, as far as that goes, as far as what, uh, others face on a day to day basis, um, as far as, uh, disabilities go for sure. And then, um, upon my eventual recovery and, uh, getting to be able to return to work and it was getting close to Thanksgiving, um, I had, had uh, tremendous affection and still do till this day for my trauma surgeon and my neurosurgeon. Um, I felt it important to show them that I understand their doctors and they were doing their job. But what they did for me, as far as talking not only to me, but to my husband and explaining what they did and the way they did it, um, helped me get to the point where I, where I was able to get back to work. So going back to the, it was just, I think it was the week before Thanksgiving, I wanted to bring each of them something to uh, show my appreciation and thanks. So I, um, I went to a florist to get a bouquet of Thanksgiving flowers for my trauma surgeon. I wanted to, I thought that would be something special that um, rather than, you know, I figured the holidays, everybody's going to be eating anyway, so I didn't need to bring any food. So the, uh, so I walk into the florist and uh, they asked me what, what she asked me, how can I help you? And I said, well, I would like to get a bouquet of fall Thanksgiving type flowers or a nice arrangement for the trauma surgeon who saved my life. And she looked at me with a very puzzled look and she asked me about snack baskets. She said, well, we do have some really great snack basket ideas. And she wanted to really proceed to show me some different snacks. And so I stood my case, I said, I made my case for the flowers. I said, no, I said, I really, I love this bouquet and that bouquet and um, kind of here's my price point, show me what you have type thing. And she kept asking me really interesting questions, just like, you know, why flowers? What were these? And I and she goes, well, what kind of flowers does he like? Uh -huh. And I said, 
I said, well, that explains, in my mind, I'm thinking that explains why she's so inquisitive and looks stunned about me buying flowers. She assumed that the trauma surgeon was a man. And uh-huh. first of all, it never, it never dawned on me to bring up anything about the surgeon, what gender she was or anything. I just wanted to buy flowers. But it, as a female, it, it took me back a little bit, but I couldn't fault really the florist because I think even though we're in 2018, we're, we've come far than we have back in 1920 when women were just given the right to vote. <laughs> but <laughs> we still haven't come far enough to where it, in general, the general population can believe just as easily that a woman can be a surgeon as well as a man. Yeah. Well, I think there's, there's, there, there are natural um, associations that are made in people's minds and, and how we've been conditioned. So we, we know we, we doc, doctor means male, nurse means female or woman. So, she, so in her mind, she probably didn't even realize uh, right. the biases and the, and the assumptions that she was making. Uh, but I, what I find it interesting is that it, that it was actually a woman who made the assumption that yes. your surgeon was, could not be a woman. But you know, they, it's, you have this, there's a riddle that kind of alludes to that same, I, that same bias. Uh-huh. And I, I'll have to, I can't phrase it correctly, but it, it, it's talking about, a, a, I think, a young man that goes to an emergency room and the, the doctor says they can't operate him because that's my son. Oh, I remember and, that. Mm-hmm. And, and somehow in the riddle, it, the the um, the answer is well the the doctor obviously is a, is the the mother yes. of the of the patient so how how do you get people's eyes to open and and it's just by talking I think mm-hmm. having the discussion and talking yeah. about it more well that's interesting that you you shared that because I vividly remember that scenario being shared with a teacher I think I was in my first. I think I was in ninth grade, 14, we're talking decades ago. <laughs> and I remember him sharing that story uh, with the class and nobody, we were all stumped. I, I, I can right. vividly, I can remember it today, to this day. Right. And so what's interesting, that was like 30 years ago. And so fast forward 30 years later, and there's still this assumption or this, 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 yeah, this assumption that, uh, oh, a, a surgeon, a woman? Hmm. Right. Yeah, which is, right. which is, and I'm going to, I'm going to add one more layer to that because isn't this, 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 um, female surgeon also a black female surgeon? Yes. So she, which, and, which, and again, you know, I, I never, it never dawns on me. I, I've taken uh, a, f- a couple of photos with my surgeon on my discharge visit. I had my husband make sure he got a picture of her and I together uh-huh. because I wanted to remember the occasion. Um, I also felt it important to make her known to the local community in some way. So I, I just, I, I, there was a a healthcare awards thing that came up through the local chamber and I had nominated her for specialist of the year. And I actually was able to go to the event and, um, see her there. And I believe she brought her daughter with her. And again, that was right before, again, right before, it was in November. So it was right mm-hmm. around Thanksgiving again. And, 
every time I think of this woman, I cry tears of joy. Uh, I thank God that she had the wherewithal to become a surgeon because when you deal with, uh, when, and then, and my neurosurgeon as well. I mean, when you're, when you're dealing with the intricacies of, of someone's functioning, mm -hmm. you know, if, if there's a tear that wasn't caught, I mean, you don't do right. things correctly. It doesn't end up so well. Yeah. So I just, I feel like I was fortunate to have two of the smartest and um, skilled surgeons that, that worked on my case. Mm -hmm. And, and yes, I, I am so thankful that she went to medical school and became my doctor, regardless of whether she is a woman, African-American. I, I got to meet her, her daughter and tell her what a great uh, person that this woman was. And I tell everybody that instead of watching a lot of these pop culture celebrity icons that we seem to dote over on television, I actually wrote a card to my surgeon saying that I think more young women should consider this woman a hero. Absolutely. And look up to that look up to your local surgeons, engineers, um, lawyers, look up to those women who went to school or worked and worked and went to school, did what they had to do to get to the point that they're at. Those are the kind of women that need to be recognized, in my opinion. I agree completely. <laughs> I completely agree with that. Yes. Um, we're, we're, I think we're, we, we, we've gone off course. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, I really, I really do. Like, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So anybody can get a computer and, and, and call themselves a star via YouTube. Right. Uh, what do you know? Where did you go to school? I don't want, I don't want, I don't want to downgrade anybody else. I guess I kind of am, but, but I think there, there's something to be said about hard work exactly. and, 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 and really, really um, applying yourself and, 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 and experiencing the down, the, the highs and the lows and, and persevering. And, exactly. I, and I, and I talk to my daughter, my daughters about that all the time. So Mm -hmm. Well, I'm, 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 I'm so glad that, um, that you shared that experience because yeah. we, we really need to understand that ultimately we just, we, we are just here to hopefully help each other, right. um, to, to, to better each other's lives and not be caught up in all these superficial traits, things, because ultimately, you know, in the end, we all go to the same place. The very so true. I'm, 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 it's, it's great that you shared that experience. And, um, and I'm sure by, by nominating her for this award as well, I'm sure people, are, you've, you've, you've kind of eradicated stereotypes. Um, well, I, I was hoping that I would open people's eyes to say, you know, the faces of medicine are many, uh -huh. male, female, various ethnicities. And um, we just need to recognize skill when we see it. Awesome. And I can advocate for the skill for sure. And, you know, even um, just going back to the, to the, to the bias and, and, and race, it, it, it came up again in a very odd way during my recovery as I would encounter friends and other people that I had known prior to the accident Never had I ever imagined that I would get a question that I got on a couple of occasions that's where people had asked me, what race was the person that hit us? Huh. The question 
really also took me aback like why does why does it matter what race the perpetrator was um so i was asked that three times by three different people and 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 then that in my mind got me to think well if three people had the courage or the the courage three people had the gumption to ask that question <laughs> then i know other people had it in their mind and wouldn't ask mm -hmm. and so for the three people that said it i'm thinking there's probably at least 10 people that thought it yes. and wanted to ask mm -hmm. but wouldn't ask so um, you know, there, there's a big, there was a big news article about the accident that had a picture of the, the perpetrator. So I, I just, I, I tried to direct people to, to that article if they were that curious. Um, so you did not answer the question? Well, in, in one, in one or two instances I did answer, but I, I brushed it off as, you know, um, yes, the, so the person was white. Um, and, and then the the counter part of that was they responded saying oh that person was white trash quote unquote mm -hmm. now the way i the way i'm thinking the the reason the only reason i can justify some or not even justify the only reason i could think someone would even begin to bring up race is maybe people have to try to justify an action that really makes no sense mm -hmm. By, by thinking that, well, if a person was of a certain race and they committed this crime, that makes sense to them. None yes, of this because, makes sense. Yes, because the, the car, so the car, put in context, so the car was stolen. Yes. There was a police chase. Yes. Which ended up in a major accident. And so we have, so we have criminal, we have police chase. So um, I think some people just, we, we talk about associations, people associate Unfortunately, they associate crime with a particular yeah. type of person. Um, Correct. So it's it's um, it's unfortunate. It, it is, it, yes. Yeah. It, it, it's it, and again, then what is the, okay. And what is the reaction? Because mm -hmm. let's let's say for the, for the audience listening, you are a a a, a white woman, right? Yes. So yes. what 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 is the reaction when you tell them when you told them that it was a white person who actually hit you and caused this well, then, you know and that's when i got i got a, either a shrug shoulder or i got the the statement that oh well that that means that that person was white trash and i it, and i <laughs> so which 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 speaks to the stereotyping because exactly. so, so, so so we're saying so we're saying a a a um a a, an educated professional person cannot cause mm -hmm. an accident or steal a car. Are we saying a person, a certain of a person race can't steal a car? Are we saying a particular gender can't steal a car? So there, there's so many layers <laughs> of, 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 of bias in, 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 the, in the thinking and in, in the, also the, um, uh, the follow-up saying it's white trash. But what I will say though, and that I think just for the audience listening, I think people try to make sense of situations. So I, I don't necessarily want to, you know, kind of just denigrate people, but but people like in their minds they they, they try to wrestle, they, they try to wrestle with with what, what what's been told to them, and mm -hmm. it's probably it was probably a missing puzzle piece to ask that question to ask that question. But yeah. but but for her to say white trash after you said that, that's hmm, 
that just that just says that she had something in her mind already. Would you agree with that or not? Yeah, I I am I have trouble trying to figure out exactly what's going on in people's minds. <laughs> I I do try to see I I'm a person that tries to see life from other people's perspectives often. Um, so I, I do believe in the innate goodness of people and I don't believe in a lot of these situations that someone, you know, I think that, that someone may have gone through a lot of trouble in their life, their young life, and it got them to eventually commit crimes. Um, now I don't obviously condone, I don't believe that accident should have happened. It was a horrible experience for everyone involved and someone died from it. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the thing I'm trying to, uh, I went through a tremendous amount of physical pain and I still have a lot of mental anguish over it, um, from the sights that I saw, but someone lost their life. Granted, she was in the vehicle with the perpetrator and was part of the little crime spree that they had, but it's still a life that was lost. And, yes. and um, when people had these minor conversations about bringing up race, it just, it's so, it demeans the whole fact that someone died to me. It so the outcome. I, mm -hmm. I keep trying to reiterate that fact <clears throat> that it was a very sad circumstance for everyone involved and that um you know trying to bring i try to bring awareness to the fact of um keeping your own self safe mm -hmm. and um really focusing on you know how to make sure that you're protected if you're if if at all possible by like i said seatbelts. i i told somebody i said if the only reason i was kept alive is to tell people that are riding in the backseat of an Uber or any vehicle to put your seatbelt on, even if you're five minutes from home, you have got to do it. Mm -hmm. It will save your life. That's awesome. So, so, so can we talk and, and thank you so much for sharing your story. And, and I know you, it's not even a year yet. And, and, and you just yeah, about over six months. Okay. So it's, yeah. it's, it's still pretty fresh and, and Pretty you, much. it's remarkable that you're, that I appreciate you sharing your story. And can we talk about your mental anguish a little bit? Because I, 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 what do you do with those images? I know you saw the woman who was, who was deceased. You yes. Saw her husband bleeding from the head. Yes. You your own experiences. You talked about laying on the bed and looking up to, to, to the, I guess, to the, to, the, to the ceiling, wondering what was going on. What do you do with all that? How do you handle <clears throat> well, that? It was, um, and still... I think about it pretty much every day, the accident, because for my job, I have to drive. My, so one of my biggest, you know, other than the physical pain, the, the initial, my initial um, issues mentally was, was trying to sleep. So I had a lot of issues during my um, in, initial recovery with falling asleep because the images of the accident I would, I, I would try to fall asleep and then I would instantly, my mind would go back to the accident. I would see the deceased woman on the pavement. 
I would see my husband bleeding. I would hear my other, my, my other friends screaming for help. Um, so I had to start seeing a therapist mm -hmm. for, discuss and go through a lot of this. Um, for sure. I, uh, getting back to work was interesting because I do drive a lot. And even though I was not the driver in the, in the vehicle we were in being in a car just in general, yes, I thought would be very stressful for me. And it was, um, so I was very fortunate. First of all, I was very fortunate where my employer, I work for an engineering firm in Atlanta. And uh, even though I have not been employed there or had not been employed there at the time for a full year, they were very kind to uh, let my husband know that I would have a job through, they just, I needed to focus on recovering was awesome. the whole idea. My, my immediate Boss came to visit me in the hospital. I had numerous coworkers that came to visit me. They sent, that's another thing about recovery and all of this, you know, you don't think about who, you know, cooking meals or anything like that. Well, people were bringing food to our house and we got a lot of that sort of support. So mentally that did help through the recovery. And I, I expressed to my boss that I said, you know, I am going to have some major issues initially with driving. Mm -hmm. I really had to focus on forcing myself and I still have to force myself to get in the car every day because I knew a, I was, I drive in Atlanta, so I'm going to pass accidents every day. Mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to be dealing with aggressive drivers every day, but I made I made a lot of um, commitments to myself driving uh, never, ever, ever would I look at my phone and drive ever mm -hmm. again. I'm so hyper-focused now on, um, safety. Yes. That <clears throat> I'm, I might be overly cautious, but I would rather go that route. Mm -hmm. And my, and my boss and my, my job, they're very, um, they have a lot, a lot of patience. I give them a, a lot of credit because I go to a lot of events at night and initially I had to have my husband come with me because I did not want to go by myself, um, mm. driving alone at night. Cause our accident did occur late in the evening was a huge, uh, stress for me. So it took a couple of months, but I'm at the point now where I can, um, drive at night on my own, you know, driving in rain, just, uh, I get a little shudder every time I go behind the wheel. Um, but the more I do it, uh -huh. it gets a little easier and a little easier. But again, like I said, I, I, I am fortunate to have worked for a company that uh, was has been very supportive throughout all of this. That's a blessing. Yes. And uh, I've been able to talk to people about the stresses, really getting it out in the open and talking about it helps. And again, having the support of my, my spouse who, who said, yes, I'll come with you. Whatever you need me to do, I will be there. Nice. Uh, got me for sure to the point where I am now and, and able to get back to it. And, and I'm sure has, has um, brought your relationship to an even higher level than, than 
expected, yeah. I'm sure, experienced yeah. that kind of trauma um, together. Absolutely. I mean, you never know what, and my, it, we were in a very unique situation because my husband as the caretaker was also in the accident. So he knew exactly what that initial tra traumatic experience was. Yes. And I know he went through his own traumatic experience. And I know our friends, the other couple went through their own experiences. So each of us had our own individual experience with the accident. Mm -hmm. My husband had to deal with a, a, a pretty deep cut on his head, a lot of seatbelt bruising, and he was in a lot of pain for a good month, but had to come home. Well, he didn't have to, but he came home every day from work knowing that his wife would be immobile for the most part, and he had to dress a wound um, because with my intestinal surgery, they had to basically, they had to leave the surgical wound open yet dressed. They, they let these wounds now heal from the inside out. So oh, huh. a lot, oftentimes they, they leave them open because it does help prevent infection, hmm. but this wound has to be dressed every day. So my husband comes home from a hard day's work. Uh, you know, a good eight or nine hours uh, at least, and in pain himself comes home and, and takes care of, of a wound that I'm sure he's not a trained medical professional. Mm -hmm. He's never been in war. He's never seen a wound like this. And um, my mind set, because I, I do have now quite a large scar I often look at myself in a um, less than flattering light because I think of myself sometimes as uh, less attractive, maybe to my own husband, because I have this disfiguring. I mean, it's it's a nine inch long incision down the front of my torso that wow. um, does make me feel quite self-conscious. And my husband has never, ever, ever once made me feel that way. It's my own mind mm -hmm. um he cared for me through all of it and and the wound closed and healed perfectly um it's just again some something that i i look at myself sometimes and i'm like god i'm not i'm not the same person that that i was well that that's a that's an interesting that's a good segue into my, my last question <laughs> how has your outlook changed on life mm. yes well as a result of this experience you know, I, um, I have learned, other than the seatbelt soapbox that I get on sometimes, I talk to a lot of people about not regretting anything in life that I've ever done. Hmm. Um, that was one of the things in the hospital. I had a priest come visit me, and we, we had talked about uh, the, my past and, and how... I was in my previous life and, and how, you know, why, why was I, why were any of us kept alive in that scenario? I had to justify for myself a reason why I was kept alive. Whether you have any sort of religious belief or not, I was raised Catholic, which for me meant later in life, I strayed from the church and, and, and lost 
my religion basically. And, mm -hmm. and um, for me, I came to a place of thinking somehow there is a reason I'm here, whether mm -hmm. there's a particular God or not. I feel like I need to live my life as if there is one mm -hmm. and really try to do the right thing by other people as best as I can, because I, I, I realized that other people had supported me through all this. I mean, and I'm saying strangers that I did not know brought food to the house, neighbors that I had never met, uh, heard about this. So oh, I had to reach out. I feel like um, I, I just had to make a commitment to, once I recovered, to really focus on being a part of the community and doing what I could to help, maybe help other people whether it's a young person that is struggling to get to through, get through college, mm -hmm. I've come to find out that there's quite a few young people in our higher education system that are actually homeless. And I have a very good friend that works for a local uh, university. And she and I, after my recovery, had been talking. So I, I've committed to, to try and do, to do something to help some of those kids just get through the holidays without having a home to live in. I mean... Um, that's awesome. My eyes were opened. So there's a lot more in life than just living in your own bubble. Yes. So. Well, that's lovely. And, um, I usually close, uh, the interviews asking what is your biggest diversity moment? Uh, you've, you shared a few. <clears throat> is there, is right. there, you want to, can you reiterate one point again, or is there something else that you, that, um, you want to share? No, I just, you know, I, uh, everything in that I've experienced in life has never been, for me, I've attempted to never look at things from, from one side. Mm -hmm. And I was just recently having this conversation, even with uh, folks in regards to um, the political climate and the women's movement and everything else, the gun movement kids being shot, everything mm -hmm. that's going on in this world. <clears throat> to me, we, we now get to the point where we can't even have civil discussions anymore because nobody can see things. No, we, we, we can't even attempt to see things from someone else's point of view. For me, I try, I really do try to make an effort and I am no saint, but I do try to make an effort to see and hear other people's opinions and um, even pray for the, for the people that commit crimes in this world because um, I don't think most of them are in, innately evil people. Mm -hmm. I think people are brought up in a certain condition that gets them to a point where they commit crimes or they're addicted to a particular drug or alcohol that gets them to, that, that contributes to uh, a crime, but you know, maybe, maybe they will see the light at some point. So I just wish we could all try to see other people's points of view and, mm -hmm. and embrace. We, even though we may disagree, life's too short to constantly be arguing with each yes. other. Well, I think that's very beautiful that you, that you take that position despite what you went through. So I appreciate you sharing your story. Thank you, Jess. Thank you, Thank you Dion.